Thanks for tuning in to Blokes of Wrestling on the Let's Get Ready Network, brother. On this network, we talk about all the things you love, like movies, TV, sports, professional wrestling, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR Network. And please, leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. Brother, brother. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Digging that new music. Man, that's a rocking shit right there. Oh, God, What's yeah. happening? Hell, yeah. Back here with Soda, talking some pro wrestling. And, uh, man, giant news dump week here, Soda. My God. <laughs> All sorts of stuff happening. Yeah. It's and none of it got we... expected, either. No, no. I mean, I think stuff, a lot of stuff happened. Some stuff that we had sort of talked about and predicted. Yeah. Uh, more on the WWE side of things, but AEW, man, like, I don't know what the fuck's going on uh, down in Jacksonville, but uh, something's in the water because there's some, some crazy shit happening behind the scenes that we'll get in and talk about here. But, yeah, yeah it was it was a crazy week, man. It was like, I, I you know, I think most of the, the stuff happened all on Thursday. That was, Pretty like, much. when all the big breaking news stories seemed to happen. It's either usually, yeah. like, a Thursday or Friday. I don't know why they, everybody waits till the end of the week, but sometimes know. on Saturday... If it's on Saturday, usually it's like uh, about 20 minutes after we go off the air here. So uh, we, we'll we we'll catch it. One of these days we'll catch it. They'll drop it a little early and we'll, we'll be able to report on some big breaking news story live. That'll that'll, that'll be, awesome. be the day. But, uh, yeah, uh, plenty to talk about here. Uh, as I said, like, it, it was a crazy week. I was trying to catch up with all sorts of stuff, including the G1 and, like, Impact and, uh, you know, shows that I had sort of lost track on when I was on vacation. But. Managed to kept, catch up with everything, and I was, like, off the internet on Thursday uh, trying to avoid spoilers for the G1. Uh, so I didn't log into anything, so I, I was able to watch that and not get it spoiled. And, and afterwards, I'm, like, logging on to see what people were saying about the match because it was, like, mm-hmm. one of the greatest matches that I, I've ever seen, uh, which we'll talk about that later as well. But uh, it was, like, all this other crazy, all these other news stories about, like, NXT UK and drama behind the scenes at yeah. AEW is just like, whoa, like nobody's even talking about the G1. They're all talking about like all this other shit. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man. Uh, Soda, let's, uh, let's get in and talk about it here, man. There's a whole, whole bunch of stuff that, that went down. And I, I think, you know, we yeah. usually start with some WWE stuff and, and unfortunately we're in this position again to report on sort of, uh, mass talent releases. But I think this one was a little bit more, uh, people had kind of figured, this is a little different because I think yeah. people maybe had more time to prepare for it. We kind of knew it was going to happen. Uh, NXT UK, which is a show that didn't seem like anybody really watched anyway, yeah. uh, was sort of had been fizzling for the last couple years for sure. Uh, yeah, it, notable it, matches like Balter it, and Dragunov, but other than that, yeah, pretty much like it, it had a, it was okay prior to the pandemic, but that's when I think that got really hurt by that. And then yeah. Like, they they spoiled their own continuity a little bit this week, like uh, on NXT 2.0. Um, Braun Breaker wins his title match against some guy I don't remember, and then after and then at the end, Tyler Bates comes out with the NXT UK Championship. However, his title win hasn't aired yet. <laughs> right, they're still in the middle of airing this tournament. 
Yeah. And so people that were watching NXT UK and avoiding spoilers now know the result. They're like, okay, so yeah. what's the point of watching the rest of the tournament? You know, I think it's it, it almost to me feels like a statement from WWE, like, okay, NXT UK doesn't matter anymore. We're all going to fold it into this new uh, WWE NXT, NXT uh, Europe, I think, is the, the new brand, sort of off-brand yeah. that's going to be launching in 2023. But uh, unfortunately, this has resulted in the release of several wrestlers from the roster. Uh, and it's a, a really, really long list here, but some, yeah. some notable ones. Uh, Zaya Brookside, obviously uh, a, a second-generation talent there. Uh, Mark Mark Andrews, Wild Boar, Primate, Flash Morgan Webster. These are all guys that were brought in early on with NXT UK. Mm. Amir Jordan, Danny Luna, Dave Mastiff. Uh, Millie McKenzie, which is one that I, I've been seeing actively promoting herself on, on social media today, being like trying to get her name out there, like booking for your shows or whatever. I still think she'd be really good in AEW, but, you know, that's a, that's a conversation for later. We got Nina Samuels, Rohan Raja, Shaw Samuels, uh, no relation, I don't think, Sid Scala. Trent Seven, so no more Mustache Mountain or British Strong Style, at least for a while. Ashton Smith, Jack Stars, T-Bone, T.O. Man, Amelie, Eddie Dennis, Saxon, Huxley. So these are all names that if you've watched the show, you probably know who they are. If you don't yeah. watch the show or you don't want, haven't followed the British indies for the last like decade or so, you probably don't know or aren't familiar with a lot of these names. But it always does kind of suck when people lose their jobs like this and then they have to kind of go out and branch and put, give themselves a new name on the indies. But again... I think a lot of these names had time to prepare because they yeah. had word for the last few weeks. We had talked about it on the show uh, recently that it seemed like NXT UK was nearing its end. Yeah, so. and they, they, they've had they've they've had a lot of time because I mean these things are pre-taped far in advance. Like I, I th- if I'm not yeah. mistaken, it's that tournament was taped at least a month ago. Yeah, yeah, this stuff is taped months in advance, and they yeah. had another set of tapings that they had lined up that we had talked about got canceled because of. Uh, soccer, I think, taking priority over that, or football, I guess you, you could call it. Um, but, yeah, it, it, this definitely seemed like kind of an inevitability. Yeah. And now they've so, sort of folded a few of these names, like, uh, as you mentioned, Tyler Bate and uh, Blair Davenport, the former B. Priestley, uh, Will Ospreay, who we'll talk about a lot mm. later. Uh, his uh, fiance, I believe, I don't know if they're married yet, or even if they're still together. But, uh, uh, yeah, she was in AEW briefly at the beginning. Now she's seemingly kind of moved over to the NXT roster. So I think the few names that weren't released are going to be sort of folded into NXT 2.0, yeah. which I hear is kind of improving uh, since Vince is, has left and Little everything. But, yeah, yeah. Like I, don't, I don't watch it regularly, but I, you know, I, I follow WWE on Twitter and I, I on YouTube, so I see some highlight stuff. And for the most part, yeah. You're, uh, yeah, you're so... Being weird. Uh, this, you know, this... Oh, am I crapping out again here, guys? Oh, Can yeah. you hear me? There's a lag. No. Okay, hang on, guys. It's it's really bad today, guys. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let Soda take the reins here for a minute as we're on the topic of WWE and give us a brief rundown of yeah. uh, of some of the matches and some of the stuff that we, we may have missed while I try to fix this nonsense. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically Raw and SmackDown. Um, there's two matches that I recommend, one from each. Uh, from Raw, I recommend the Kevin Owens versus um, Drew McIntyre match. Uh, not just the match, but the promo preceding it, uh, basically because they just went back and forth. Like This was like one of those passionate, fiery promos that set up uh, just set up a random match. And the match itself, they kicked the crap out of each other. 
Um, this is definitely a must-watch for Monday Night Raw this week. And then from SmackDown, it is the fatal five-way for the number one contendership for the Intercontinental Championship or a chance to face Gunther over at Clash of the Castle. It was Sheamus versus Ricochet uh, versus Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss versus Sami Zayn in his hometown of Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Um, right on. Just in back, just back in time. Hot spot to the rescue. Yeah. So there yeah, we go, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I like yeah, this new segment, by the way. I highly <laughs> recommend it. This had a fair amount of time on SmackDown. Um, Sheamus won, which means we're going to get Sheamus versus Gunther for the IC title at Clash of the Castle, which means we're going to get a massive, massive fight fest. You thought Dragunov versus Gunther was good. This is going to be a whole Ooh, other ball game. Sounds like a brawl. It's yeah. going to be a, it's going to be nuts. <laughs> nice. Well, I, I I appreciate you taking over the show here, uh, Soda, for while while I try to fix things. Hopefully, my hotspot I, I have enough data to last the rest of the show. But I gotta have a word with Comcast or my landlord or something because like this is the internet has been fucking shit here uh, the last couple weeks since I've returned from vacation, and I'm just I, I've had enough. God damn it! Fuck you, Comcast. You're the worst. <laughs> Xfinity, my fucking balls. Fuck you. Your internet service sucks. Okay, there we go. I got my. My Tell rant pretty good. Uh, out of the way. Yeah, not not. I'm sure it's better up there in Canada, even though you're further north and further into the trees. But um, yeah. let's uh, let's move on here and, and talk about something a little bit more positive. We had the uh, the New Japan G1 Finals uh, this past Thursday, and uh, we'll talk about our we'll give our match and moment of the week later in the show. But man, this was uh, spoilers here. If you haven't been following the G1, you, you don't care. That's fine. You can keep listening, but uh, if you are waiting to get caught up, I'll, I'll once you see the banner uh, change, then that's when we'll we'll start talking. And I'll put the time codes down there. Uh, so if you don't want New, a New Japan G1 spoilers, if you haven't caught up, uh, we're going to talk about that here now. But we had Kazuchika Okada taking on Will Ospreay in the finals, and this was the match that I wanted for the finals. Like yeah. going in, I'm like, oh man, this would probably be the best match if if that is the finals. And it indeed was, and uh, I think some people were, were a little bit bummed out that Osprey didn't get the win. Uh, Okada wins his, his fifth G1, I believe, back-to-back years now. Oh, wow. And uh, I think, you know, it, it, it a little bit – I was sort of in that camp. I was like, man, I would love to see Will Osprey win. Mm-hmm. Osprey versus Jay White would be a really cool thing to happen at the Tokyo Dome. But, man, like, it, it didn't necessarily matter. Usually I don't factor in, like, who wins. If they tell an incredible story in the ring, which is what they did here, uh, that's what really matters. This match was fucking incredible. Uh, match of the year, potentially, for me so far. And uh, definitely one you all have to go out of your way to, to watch. Yeah, it, I but. wish I had a chance to watch it before we did the show, but unfortunately I had to work, and then I didn't have much downtime before the show. But, yeah, it's definitely You have it. It's, it's in your queue. It's yes. in my queue. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, and, and Adelia here agreeing with us. Dear Lord, that G1 final was just so, so good. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, these two, like, potentially, arguably, the greatest wrestlers in the world right now in Okada and uh, and Will Ospreay. So, man, you know, uh, Ospreay, you know, after thinking about it, as I said, I was a little bummed that he didn't get the win in the moment. But I, I, I'm like, you know, the way that they had booked it and the aftermath, yeah. and you see Okada sort of say, like, you, you will beat me soon. You will beat me read his lips he says you will beat me soon so i think that you know maybe dominion next year 2023 or even potentially tokyo dome 2024 is where i think osprey will get that finally he'll get that big win 
over Okada, probably for JY at the Tokyo Dome. That's what that's sort of my theory uh, where I would go with all this. So, um, incredible, incredible stuff. But, um, I highly recommend that. But, uh, as well as the G1 final, we also got announcements for some future shows. The Tokyo Dome will only be one night this year. The last couple of years, they've done two nights. Oh. They're back to one night this year. There were some rumors that maybe uh, the New Year's Dash show, uh, which was also announced there last year, was like this weird New Japan Noah crossover show. This year, it was rumored that it was going to be kind of like a forbidden door with AEW, but that's not necessarily the case. And they're back to doing oh, Tokyo on. Dome on January 4th, uh, New Year's Dash on January 5th. However, Dave Meltzer reporting that there will be he- uh, definitely a few AEW stars that are factored into the plans for those shows, specifically for the Tokyo Dome. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see maybe that Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre yeah. Jr. match that, that we're going to we're gonna get at Forbidden Door. Oh, uh, the CM Punk versus Tanahashi. Which <laughs> who knows what the fuck's going on with Punk, but we'll talk about Punk's that here in a but, you know, these kinds of matches you could see potentially being on that card. And if the plan is for AWS to return, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. They're going to have full crowds back being able to cheer again, which is something that's been a little bit missing. Although the G1 final, some of these G1 matches, the audience just can't help themselves. And there's a crazy spot. You hear everybody go, ah, you know, like making the noise, even though they're not supposed to. So several times in that final match, it's like you wouldn't even notice that. They're not supposed to make noise because the crowd's like fucking losing it, even though they're not supposed to because the match is just insane. And that's so, when you know it's a good match. That's when you know it's it's an incredible match. Yeah, when you get the audience to make noise, even though they're not supposed to. So um, I think that's a good transition point. Uh, there. Oh, I will also mention that New Japan announced the show for the end of October, the 28th, at uh, Times Square in New York City, which is oh. going to also feature some stardom matches. So that's it's a New Japan. Cool. Yeah, so it's a New Japan pay per view. Uh, no, it's going to be oh, at the, I think it's called the Palladium. Oh, okay. The, the I was venue. like, yeah. they're doing right in front of the big billboard? Like, what? No, no, it'll be in one of those those theaters that they have in Times okay. Square, the, the Palladium. So, it's a what New Japan it? pay-per-view. WWE New York. <laughs> right, yeah, no, this is a New Japan pay-per-view in New York featuring some stardom matches. So, uh, that's, uh, that's really, really cool. We got Snark just tuning in. Uh, saying, is, is Soda's shirt a direct attack on Dagan? If so, I'm here for it. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, this is 2020, and this was a screw-up. I tried to order the Stanley Cup shirt with all the names in the back, and I get accidentally How dare you? Eastern. Well, I collect those things, and I accidentally ordered the Eastern Conference champions from 2020. So, yeah, so there you go. But um, segue, uh, segueing out of hockey talk or, or New Japan talk, I think we should move on and talk about the other, I think, potential huge news of the week. Uh, I don't know. This is one of those things where you don't, you're not really sure what to believe and what, yeah. not to believe, what, you know, here, but, uh, I, we should, de- I definitely wanted to give my thoughts on it because, uh, obviously there were some reports that, uh, the CM Punk promo was almost a pipe bomb, at least the part mm-hmm. where he's calling out, uh, hangman page. Yeah. That was punk going into business for himself. Nobody knew. Nobody knew it was reality playing into the story, as as Meltzer put it. And yeah. there were some other reports that some backstage talent was sort of at their breaking point, stemming from potentially uh, Colt Cabana's not so much his release. Uh, they, he was originally reported to be released, but then uh, was signed for Ring of Honor yeah. and that sort of division. But the report is that, being that has that, to be because of Punk coming in, right? 
Yeah, but like as some people have pointed out, you would think after a year, which is interesting that we have this report on the one-year anniversary of CM Punk coming yeah. in, uh, that that was something that maybe should have been addressed earlier if it was still an issue. But uh, I guess, you know, there were some – people had some problems with the way that he was sort of unceremoniously written out of the Dark Order well, yeah. uh, and then was going to be released. And, you know, so it's, there was certainly that. Uh, but sort of some other reports of Punk uh, from Sean Ross Sapp, which is interesting because, like, I feel like Sean Ross Sapp does some great reporting and has some good sources, maybe for more the WWE side of things. When it comes to AEW, it feels like maybe the observer gets the scoop, either Meltzer or Alvarez before yeah. uh, before Saps, or, or so sometimes those reports sort of conflict or are similar but not necessarily the same. Mm-hmm. But like uh, Sap was reporting that Punk almost walked out, that people were unsure he was going to show up on Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, Meltzer never really confirming that, but saying that there was some backstage drama where there's several talent that are almost near their breaking point was sort of the quote that was used, and there's some sort of uncertainty in even saying that Tony Khan really needs to rally the troops and get everybody sit down sit down in a room and really work this shit out because it sounds like there's a lot of yeah. drama that's ensued over the last Just few weeks. What the hell happened? Like, what is going on behind the yeah. scenes? Is it like a like, battle of egos or like what? Look, on one hand, the way I sort of look at it is, okay, AEW three years in is a lot different than what it was at the yeah. beginning, where the roster was a lot smaller, people were sort of putting Tony Khan over as this sort of the happy boss, the the, the cool boss. It was the little engine that could. Yeah, and now it's grown into sort of this more, I think, corporate uh, enterprise, if you would, where mm. where Tony Khan has to take these certain things into account. You sign this massive star like CM Punk, mm-hmm. and when you have a roster that's now grown, and you have all of these top-level talents in the locker room, it's going to lead to, I think, a little bit of an ego clash at times. Yeah. It's a lot of big egos in the same room at the same time. And I think that you're no matter what business you're talking about, no matter what group it is, you're going to have drama and you're going to have people that have issues with each other and sort of that sort of uh, ego battle. And mm-hmm. I think that it's all – I think it all depends on – sort of how that's handled and how people sort of work that out to ultimately what becomes of it. Because I think that, you know, there's still a lot to go here. There's still a few things that need to be sorted out, but it definitely seems like there's a lot of, it's a lot of things are kind of up in the air. And on one end I'm thinking like, okay, it's more that, but on another end I'm like, maybe there's a possibility that AEW, Tony Khan, whoever it is, whoever the sources are behind the scenes intentionally feed a more kayfabe side of things to yeah. the dirt, as they're called, uh, to a Meltzer or a Sean Ross Sapp. And that really, that that's sort of the idea is that this sort of new-ish version of kayfabe where they're playing into that, they're playing into the wrestling media, mm-hmm. knowing that they're going to take these stories and run with them. So I'm not there. I don't know what's going behind the scenes, be, going on behind the scenes. But, like, I can imagine Punk being a pretty – have big, big ego, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Again, it, I, I'm not sure what to think of this, but I have sort of two, uh, two sides that I think I have two different versions of where, what I think it would be, as I just explained. But makes you wonder, makes you wonder how much, makes you wonder if that's the reason why we're getting 
Punk Moxley for the for the title next week. Like that next that week. nobody was expecting that at all. And they're thinking, oh, that's gonna be the main event of all out. No, it's next week. Yeah. And and it's interesting because people are even tracing it back further to when Hangman Page sort of had that line yeah. about like I'm protecting you from a I'm protecting AW from you, you know. And then there's some other report where Punk I guess refused to do the job for Page and like I probably the plan was for Punk to win all along anyway, but I don't know yeah, if I really believe that one. Uh, it seems like you know as what's but being reported on there's some reality to the situation between the yeah Page and then and then uh, that between the Page Punk and stuff was a receipt for that is what I'd heard yeah which yeah. would make sense. It would kind of make sense. And, you know, and then you got, like, this report as well that MJF might be coming back soon. So, like, how does he play into all this? Because there yeah. was his pipe bomb that was very much, like, it almost made you think, is this, is this kayfabe or is it not? So mm-hmm. it, it's really, like, interesting and going to be wild to sort of watch from a historical perspective. From something yeah. like you, Soda, that's a sort of a, a wrestling historian, if you would, looking back at this era, and it, it feels like we're almost in a bit of a, you know, a crossroads, no pun intended to things that have happened earlier in the year, but almost like it's at this turning point for professional wrestling, specifically for AEW, because WWE is certainly on the upswing. There's yeah. a lot more popularity, a lot more optimism over there, but AEW now sort of hitting this weird, it's like the, uh, almost it's like the problems kind of, kind of moved south a little bit, you know, because WWE was always the one that had the chaotic problems backstage, like, well, for example, Sasha and Naomi walking out, right? Um, so yeah, it's, it's very weird that you're seeing that with all these people who you would assume were all on the same page because they all want the same thing for the, for the AEW. But yeah, to hear this, it's, 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 it's disappointing, but it's also at the same time, it's wrestling. So I'm not surprised. That's just the thing is like, in the end of the day, this is the wrestling business. And even if this stuff is real, this stuff happens yeah. because that's just the nature of the business, yeah. especially when you have something now like AEW where, Maybe a year ago, you look back on it, it's like they were really challenging uh, or or being competitive, at least, with WWE, where it's like they nearly beat Raw in the ratings, and they actually, you know, did a couple weeks in the demo and everything, but, like, getting there and, like, selling selling out Arthur Ashe Stadium, and, like, this year they're running that show again. They've only sold, like, over 10,000. They've sold about 10,000 tickets, which is still a pretty good number, but not, like, the over 15,000 or what they had that initial sale last year. And so it's like, you know, I, I'm not concerned for AEW. I think there's a lot of people out there that are like doom and gloom and uh, AEW is going to collapse and, oh, this is the end of the company and stuff like that. And it's WCW all over again. I don't think we're nearly there yet uh, at all. Um, but it is going to be kind of interesting to watch and see how AEW navigates these waters over the next few months because I think the, the real important mm-hmm. thing is this TV deal. And as much as people want to bitch and whine about AEW – and then doom and gloom and everything. I mean, the only thing that really concerns me, especially with Time Warner Media and the, the mess that Warner Brothers is right now, like, do they get this big TV deal at the end of the year? And, you know, bringing yeah. back Punk and Moxley and seeing how they do in the ratings, then hopefully MJF as well. Uh, I think MJF is going to return it all out. That's my theory. But, mm-hmm. like, uh, are they able to get that big TV deal at the end of the year? That's where I think, it's really contingent on uh, over anything else, really, because the, you know, yeah. obviously, they don't get a TV deal. Then that's when we get yeah, to start having the big But you know, this is this is definitely uh, something definitely worth keeping your eye on, right? And seeing how it how it evolves over the next exactly. Few years, 
yeah. you know, may, maybe we'll be hearing in a few weeks from now all the, the success of All Out and uh, mm. everything sunshine and rainbows now and like MJF's back. And he always heard about MJF being this sort of locker room leader, you know, the yeah. character and kayfabe aside, you always hear that he was the guy really that is the driving force behind the scenes, sort of like what World of Reigns is now or what Undertaker used to be for AEW. I think I his absence. Eddie Kingston, actually. I, I, you'd think he's maybe maybe the unsound locker room leader, but now hearing stories about like, okay, then Punk sort of was the guy that filled in for MJF over the last few months, but now there's these issues. It's I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I'm not there. I don't work for AEW. I don't know. I, I'm not. Knows, I don't have these sources that Meltzer has. Too, right? What's that? Portion. It could be. It could be completely overblown. So, yeah. Who knows? It's it's a kind of an interesting situation, but yeah. it's one. Wrestling and drama go hand in hand. Oh, they absolutely do. They absolutely do. And it's one of those industries where it's like, is the drama kayfabe or is it not? You know, and yeah. it's sometimes those lines get blurred. I think it's the ultimate reality TV. It really, really is. But um, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get in and talk about it as we move on from sort of the more news uh, part of newsworthy part of AW. There's even more newsworthy things to talk about here, uh, mm-hmm. and, and when they come when it comes to the actual show itself, uh, which I, I thought, man, these are again AW knocking it out of the park this week. I mean, despite what's going on behind the, the scenes, uh, other than a few nitpicks I'll have here as we go through this review. Uh, they've been crushing it recently with these shows. I thought at least like the wrestling yeah. itself has been been really really good. But particularly dynamite this week. Particularly dynamite this week, which started out as we were just talking about about the CM Punk uh, mm-hmm. with the CM Punk promo and him calling out Adam Page and then setting up for what we thought was the match at All Out with John Moxley coming out and uh, and obviously this big brawl and it was kind of interesting as I was watching it going like. You know, we're we're nowhere. We're still like three weeks away from the go home yeah. show, guys. Like this felt like a really like a go home angle. And little did we know at the time, which then got you know there was another brawl that happened later in the show where like Tony Nese randomly comes out and Moxley just fucking kills him on the way to the ring. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just this this sort of uh, brawl going on really made you kind of feel like how are they gonna how is they gonna stretch this out for three more weeks? But it was, in fact, the go-home angle because we got the announcement that Moxley and Punk is going to be next week free on TV on Dynamite. Yeah. So on one end, I'm going like, okay, with all the drama shit potentially in mind, there's that. But then I also think, like, are they doing this to try to drum up a bigger rating heading into All Out? You know, are they going to have the rematch at All Out? Maybe like a That's ladder match or something? Yeah. That's where I'm kind of leaning. I think that, like, there's going to be some – maybe this. Yeah, maybe maybe this goes to a draw. Some people are even suggesting a DQ, which is something they never do. I, I but see which kind of make for something? Yeah, based, based would, on what's going on, I could yeah. definitely see double DQ, double knockout, something like that. Yeah, you never know because it's one of those things they like. They never do it on AEW. They always like associate with something that WWE would do. But like, if it works, if it makes sense, play that into the booking and actually do it because like. Having a sort of maybe WWE style DQ finish with this with this mm-hmm. feud, I almost would feel like it would kind of work because it's like yeah, you know these, then these guys can make it work. These are two local guys that can make anything work. Yeah, like maybe it reaches a point. I mean, this is supposed to be just a wrestling match, mm-hmm. but like this is a blood feud. Maybe it reaches a point where they're like, "Fuck it, let's use chairs," and then they use chairs on each other. Yeah. DQ finish. Oh my god, to end dynamite. But then that sets up this, like, street, as you said, Chicago street fight. Yeah. That'd be really cool. 
for the pay-per-view as the main event of All Out. Because I still feel like, come on, this is like a massive big money main event. So unless it's just this crazy thing where they're writing Punk off because there's all this yeah. drama, which I don't think is going to be like, there's a no, 0.1% chance. Yeah, but then like there's, there is that part of my brain as well that's thinking like, oh, maybe you just have Moxley win and drive off yeah. Punk here in this match. But no, I think I would lean to more, towards more that this is going to be a great match, Punk but then it's going to set up it's going to set up the rematch at All Out. Yeah. That's what I want, because God damn, that would be a great way to cap off my birthday. <laughs> yeah, right? With a Chicago pre-fight? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but then we had what what I thought was maybe going to kick off the show and potentially go, like, almost a full hour, or even, like, you know, didn't need to be that, but, like, a 40-minute match. It didn't quite go that long. It was about 26 minutes. But we did have the Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia Two out of three falls match, which was a fucking awesome match. And it, it was really cool. Like, it, the more I thought about it, like, um, these two had a match early on yeah. in Garcia's run where Danielson got the win. And yeah, then, of course, Danielson we had. When he started, yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Danielson calling out Daniel Garcia, her potential member of Black Bull Combat Club, Daniel Garcia joining the sports entertainers, mm-hmm. uh, and then having this match where he actually beats Brian Danielson. And it's sort it's of a shocking out. thing. But absolutely, Danielson putting the kid over, and then you have this two out of three falls match where he does it again, and it's yep. perfect booking for a two out of three falls match where the heel gets the, the first fall, and then the babyface has to battle back and get those next two yeah. falls. But uh, that's and exactly what was as well too. Yeah, it, it really, really was a great match here. Where it, they they were like they made a good point where they said, "Oh, Danielson now has the advantage." The two. Oh, two versus one advantage over Danielson because he won the two falls and Brian had won the first match. So mm-hmm. it was kind of genius in that way that, okay, Danielson has to come back. He ties the match, and now it's 2-2, two, two, and the third oh. fall really determines who Basically, comes out on top of the team. Five. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't even think about it until they, they mentioned that on commentary. And I, after the, the fact, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So Because I do think this is the way that this angle played out where they – Danielson again like puts over Garcia and he sort of gives him this ultimatum like you're, you're not a do you want to be you know that was sort of playing off from the previous weeks do you want to be the greatest technical wrestler of all time or do you want to be the greatest sports entertainer in the world so uh, trying to get Garcia to to maybe turn face and join the Blackpool Combat Club yeah, which is the it might lead um, I, I do think Jericho versus Danielson is what's being set up for the pay-per-view, that at least for reports from uh, Alvarez and Meltzer there. Think that that's on the card. WWE? They had what's to. That? Did they ever face off in WWE? They had to. Have. I feel like they must have in some capacity. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, Jericho, it, you know, sort of questioning Garcia, like, why did you – because he, he shakes uh, Danielson's hand and – they like, why did you do that? Like, he's, he's trying to he, – even at the end of Rampage, he's like, what side are you on, Garcia? That was like the last line of Rampage which made, made me laugh. So I think we're, we'll probably get Garcia. They did 12 years ago. There you go. Uh, yeah. Daniel Bryan versus Chris Jericho from 12 yeah, years, 2010. Wow. Elimination favorite 2010, yeah. Absolutely. But uh, great match there to kick off the show. Uh, didn't need to go 40 minutes. 26 was, oh. was plenty enough to – to put over everything, and uh, especially with, uh, with Ricky, the, how about Ricky the Dragon Steamboat there in the corner? Right. This was a very dragon-themed episode being presented by House of the Dragon. 
uh, the new Game of Thrones show. Uh, on yeah, he definitely loves seeing Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. The dude's a legend. It was it was great, and I loved him. Uh, and that backstage segment later, where he gives the the, the throat punch to uh, yeah to the two point there. Uh, <laughs> great stuff there. Where is it? Somebody pointed out like. WWE had a, had a, or at least with Vince there, there had a track record for like humiliating these these older legend guys like Big Show I think was the one that really got to that point where he then joined the AEW and I think that might have been a reason for it is they yeah was it was 100% a reason for it him and Mark Henry yeah both of those guys so uh, I think that AEW has a good track record for for putting the old legends over especially yeah, with like, yeah. somebody and. Given uh, given Ricky that that one spot, I thought was was a cool way to sort of continue that trend. But we also had the uh, the Gun Club absolutely squashing Varsity Blondes, and then this angle afterwards Who's where Varsity Blondes, man, those guys can't catch a damn break. <laughs> no, I I don't know. I I feel like they're two that could potentially be headed for the. Uh, it's a big roster, guys. Like as much as I yeah. like Melvin Junior, I feel like this is an an Melvin Junior should have had that next week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd be great. I think he'd be great. over here. So yeah, he'd fit right in. Yeah, and and who knows about Griff Garrison? But yeah, I think those two are going to eventually get released. And this this is more evidence to back that up. But we had we had the contract right now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we had the uh, the angle afterwards where Billy Gunn is sort of like, no, that's more what I want to see. That's more what I see with you guys. They're approached by Stokely Hathaway, and then of course. The kids turn on their father, which is something I predicted was going to happen months ago. Yeah. Uh, and like crazy, wacky stuff there. But then you had the acclaim come out and make the save. And the the big reunion, I guess, even though they were just together a few weeks ago and then the breakup and then back together again. Uh, this this feud is just like, it's it's wacky, man. Yeah, but, it's, just, it's just goofy wrestling. It's it's fun yeah. to have a chuckle. It's Billy Gunn. You can tell Billy Gunn's having a lot of fun because this is probably the best, best Billy Gunn ever. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like the they they're they've got a match set up for next week's Dynamite with uh, Billy Gunn and the the uh, mm. the acclaimed taking on the Ass Boys. So who are the the Ass Boys going to wrestle with as their third guy? Is that going to be Stokely? Maybe. Is that what they announced? I I forget what the fuck they announced for next. Ethan week. Page. Somebody tell me in the chat. Maybe it's Ethan Page, but yeah, uh, uh, some somebody tell me who the Ass Boys are wrestling with, but. Uh, I guess, I guess the the acclaimed and daddy ass now is kind of their their thing. With the, ass. We we needed that scissoring of daddy ass here at the end. Of the no. Show. <laughs> uh, we, we also had the back in the attitude era of Slade tried to make scissoring a thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. Right, it's not a trios match yet. It's just Billy versus Colton. Oh, okay. Next week. All right. Okay. So father versus son. That's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also had uh, a segment with uh, Death Triangle backstage to build towards their match against Will Ospreay and Ozzy Open next week. And after just watching Will Ospreay and the performance that he put on the G1, I cannot fucking wait to see this match. I hope mm-hmm. that as much as I love Death Triangle, I want Ospreay and uh, Ozzy Open to win so that we can get him and there, Kenny Omega. We get there, him and there. Kenny Omega in the same ring. But yeah. Which that will probably play into it, plus they're due because they didn't really win anything the last time around. So. Yeah, that's true. So that's definitely something I want to see. Uh, we also had Jungle Boy coming out for a promo. Uh, he's calling out Christian for the match at All Out. Christian comes out, obviously says no, then tries to make this this uh, half-assed plea to be a family again, which Jungle Boy says, nah, fuck you, man. 
uh, kicks his ass and they brawl through the crowd uh, as the officials break it all up. So certainly going to get Christian versus Jungle Boy at All Out, I would guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that there's going to be an angle maybe at the go-home show where they reveal that Luchasaurus has still been with Christian the entire time. Uh, and it'll turn on him again, and then it'll play oh, in the Yeah, that would, so, that, would that would make him yeah. what, a triple agent? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think there'll be like an angle that they do, not necessarily a match, and then the match mm-hmm. will be on Rampage, because it's a live Rampage that week as well, and that'll be Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus, with Jungle Boy getting the big win to set up uh, the, the match even more on the pay-per-view that week. That would be so, interesting, yeah. That's what I'm kind of thinking they're going to do with it. But um, we also had Wardlow and FTR backstage. They've accepted the match for them against Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh, and Jay Lethal at the pay-per-view, which is a weird trios match to to have. But I think they're putting emphasis on these trios matches uh, because of the tournament and everything, even though those two teams... They're not tournament. (laughs) And it's weird that FTR is not going for the tag titles. Yes, especially since they've been the number one contenders forever. And Swerve in Our Glory, like, they've had a bit of what's felt like, to me, a little bit of a lackluster title reign so far. Yeah, the matches and have been good, but they've been they really have. important. They're not super over as champions, and I think that, you know, my buddy Tyler made a good point, that it felt like after that big dumpster match win for the Acclaim, they were the next most over tag team in AEW yeah. next to FTR, and that they should really be giving a get the push and it felt like the ass boys were getting more of a push and now of mm. course with the angle and everything uh and it seems like that's probably they're probably going to do that for the pay-per-view and so what the hell happens with keith lee and swerve who do they defend against uh it, it's it like they sort tough. of like are the the regular tag titles feel like they're almost taking a back seat to the trios titles right now so mm. it's whatever they have too big of a roster they have too many tag teams this is what you're gonna yeah. get so we also had Tony Storm against Kylan King, which was not necessarily a bad match, but unfortunately there was really not a lot of heat for this. The no. crowd was kind of dead. Uh, Kylan King will be wrestling Britt Baker next week in her hometown, so I think there'll be a little bit more heat for that match. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tony Storm, like, they really need to do something with Tony Storm, man. Like, because I feel like she, this this Thunder Rosa reign has been again very felt very lackluster, and you know this didn't do much to to help put. Tony more over. I mean, she's still over, but they they throw these matches into this women's death slot at 9.30 Eastern every week, and it kind of, I get, now I'm starting to agree with people that are complaining about this, because it's like, it does feel like the women's division has really taken a fall. It feels rudderless, like there's no direction. Rudderless, directionless, uh, an afterthought. uh, It's the hottest thing still feels like Britt Baker, and she, her and Jamie Hayter, again, not feeling like they're getting much of a push. And it's just like, no. oh, man, I, I really wish that they would do something, do more with the women's division. Because it's not like they have – they're not lacking in talent. They have a really stacked roster. But I think, you know, we've talked about it to depth. Given that they haven't gotten one of these big names like a Sasha or Naomi uh, or, you know, even yeah. like uh, – what was the, the other name I was thinking of recently that I, I thought would be uh, a good – like Paige. Like, who knows what's going to happen with her. Maybe she comes in. She's one that I think could really give this women's division a boost. But yeah, it's just the way it's being booked, man. I think that I get more the complaints. Time. They, they, they do. Or TV. Like, the AEW needs more TV time because, uh, The women's know, division needs more TV time. The women, yeah, but I mean, like, just they need more TV time to feature the women's in division. In general, yeah. Because they only yeah. have the three hours of the week. And, like, WWE has, like, what, five? 
live. So yeah, and and there are rumors. Meltzer reporting uh, in the newsletter that uh, that there's another show that they filed a trademark for. It looks like EW is going to be getting a third show. Okay. So whether that's maybe a women's show, which has been rumored yeah. for a little bit, I mean that that could be interesting. Hopefully not a, just another dark or something that gets thrown on their YouTube channel. Something that actually gets maybe mm. another hour of TV time. But we've talked about it. Like that, I feel like they really need to move Rampage to two hours. Like ratings they aside, it, it, it feels like they they need more TV time. Even like you know, God forbid, but maybe running at a different time slot. Maybe running Saturday. From eight to ten, you're going to be competing with college football, but you know, so maybe put it on earlier in the day, or, or even, you know, crazy to say, but run head to head with SmackDown for that first hour, go from nine to or nine to eleven. Thursday nights are empty. Nothing is on Thursday. It's the only Other night you don't watch wrestling. Yeah, and it's like you got that one Thursday night football game that's going to hurt yeah. the ratings, but that's only a few nights of the week. When normally, yeah, like Impact is on. You got a hundred thousand yeah. people watching Impact on on Thursdays, so you know, I, it's a it's definitely a conversation mm. that needs to be had. I think with Tony Khan, with upper management, with the TV networks. Like, yeah, what can we do with Rampage? Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it on the Let's Get Ready Network. There, that'll get you the. There you go. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, mo- moving on and talking about uh, more of the show. Uh, we did have, a, of course, the other big major news story that felt like it should have been the big story of the week, but of course was being drowned out by all these other news stories. And that was the return of one Kenny Omega that we all yeah. kind of figured would be uh, the big mystery partner for the Bucks here. But in there's the still that little seed of doubt, though. Based there on is. A couple weeks ago about it. Yeah. About it. Yeah, so. And it's interesting because the way that they were playing this they made you want to think that Kenny Omega was nowhere near ready to come back yeah. and that he was not at a hundred percent and that he was hurt and all this stuff. But, uh, as we were watching this, I'm going, Oh man, I hope Kenny's okay. And my buddy Tyler's sitting over here going like, uh, dude, it's Kenny Omega. He's one of the greatest workers of all yeah. time. He's fucking selling. Like I've seen plenty of Kenny Omega matches. Yeah. He's selling right now. I was going like, I think, I hope you're right, Tyler. Cause like, I, I, I think know, he's right. I do think he's he is, right. And uh, the report from, from Meltzer, again, saying that Kenny Omega is fine. He's been cleared to return for a while. Yeah. And that this is them playing in an injury angle into the storyline, which is fucking while, brilliant. And while also playing it safe to a degree because he's been off for how long? Since right. So, yeah. I mean, and and Ring Rust has K-Thing. Yeah. I love it. And this was the, wrestling storytelling 101. It was. It really is. And it's great yeah. because it's yeah. like, and I felt that way with everything that they've ever done with the elite on AEW. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just been wrestling storytelling. One hundred and one has been some of the brilliant, most brilliant long-term booking yeah. in wrestling history. I would even go as far as to I'm say sure it has nothing to do with the fact that they're VVPs or anything. But hey, you know, <laughs> a little bit of that. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm really just so happy to see that Kenny Omega is back, and I love that they're playing it. And I think what, what's going to happen is, you know, he looked. Sold it obviously kayfabe that he was all banged up in the first match, but every match in the tournament he's going to continue to improve. Yeah. So next week or two weeks from now, uh, probably hopefully against uh, Ozzy Open and Will Ospreay, he'll be like, oh okay, uh, now Kenny's really starting to get back yeah. in there, and it will be the final match when you'll get like Kenny Omega back. Uh, yeah, and, and along with that, every match he loses a little piece of the compression compression shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is weird to see, but it's like, ah, oh, well, hey, that's kudos to them. They're going all that's out. 
unintended. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a good thing you point out yeah. there because I, I heard other people say that as well. That that's what they're going to do. They're going to have him take off another like bandage or something every that would week. Be awesome. <laughs> like this week, it was the shoulder brace. Like it got ripped off during the match. Yeah. The match, obviously, by Los Angeles, but um, yeah. Let's 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 see. Canadians out there, so so yourself included. True or false? Winnipeg wrestlers are better than Calgary wrestlers. What would you say? Well, that's okay. That's a loaded question. <laughs> like you got Brett Nolan out of Calgary, and then of course you got Jericho trained out of Calgary. You got well. He who shall not be named tra- trained out, out of there. Lance Storms based out of Calgary. And then for Winnipeg, mm-hmm. you've got Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a nice list. And then Don Callis. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Don Callis, who is back with Kenny Omega? Here. Yeah. So well, because people but are wondering about back that. is a face, though, right? Like, he's, he's not a full-on baby face. And, like, no. you got to look at this, guys. Young Bucks, not necessarily full-on baby face at this point no. yet either. Like, these guys have been heels for a while. They're slowly yeah. transitioning back to babyface. That's but what's then, happening when here. When it comes time for the elite versus the undisputed elite, that's when the face Exactly. Yeah. But not until we get that, I think, full reunion with Kenny, the Bucks, and Hangman Page. That's when you can say, okay, they're full on yeah. babyfaces now. But, you, you know, they're still playing off. Like, they're not just erasing where we left off. You know, that's no. what's great about AEW is he, one of these guys comes back and it's like, you see this in WWE all the time where somebody's like a vicious heel and they get written off television and they come back months later and they're suddenly a baby face. And it's like, wait, mm. what? You know, and it's like they kind of retconned where they left off, but with, in, for in favor of a gimmick change, which, you know, I guess fine. But like with Kenny Omega, they're not going to do that. With AEW, they're not going to do that. They're going to keep with the story with kayfabe here. And... If it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. So you had Don Callis on commentary, which was, was entertaining. Which I didn't know as much I missed, if I'm being honest. I've always enjoyed right? Don like, <laughs> Say whatever you want about him. I've always loved him on the mic. Yeah, and uh, t- they teased Brandon Cutler there briefly, but he came out with the, the camera recording for BTE. So I was like, yeah. okay, he's just doing a bit what, for What BTE. was I watching this week? I can't remember what I was watching. I, I think it was one of the Watch Culture videos. They were saying like how great it would have been is if Kenny Omega's music hit and it was Brandon Cutler but came on dressed as Kenny Omega and he <laughs> was the partner. But then throughout the match, the Young Bucks realized, shit, he's a good wrestler. <laughs> right. right? I heard some funny uh, ideas for where they could go if it wasn't going to be Kenny Omega. But yeah, it was obvious it was going to be Kenny Omega. Yeah. And that, that's certainly who, who it was. And, and uh, it, it was interesting because the match was really good, but mm-hmm. it the last couple minutes were a bit rushed, and this was because, and this is the thing that keeps happening in AEW for some reason, they ran out of time. Yeah. And uh, they had to sort of so rush the finish and rush that angle. Yes, you missed a little bit of, it was just going to happen and the show was yeah. off the air, but uh, Dragon Lee being attacked by his brothers here, one of his mm-hmm. actual biological brother, but um, by his faction mates, and getting the yeah. mask ripped off, and Dragon Lee basically being completely obliterated and and kicked out of Los Angeles here. Uh, and it happened so fast. And then they did do a little bit of a video package on Rampage uh, where they where they told us how, how the rest of that went down. And then there is a promo, which I thought maybe they would air that and then the promo as well. Uh, but they did air just Kenny Omega's promo. It's up on AEW's YouTube channel yeah, where he sort of says, yeah. like, he, he thanks the fans and everything and, and jokes that, like, hopefully this isn't being recorded. But he also mentions that, like, I, I'm not a, I've done some pretty shitty things. I'm not a yeah. good person. And just clarifying that, okay, he's still kind of a heel, and he's going to be like that he's moving right. forward, but, which is great, yeah. and, and playing in them. So, 
great stuff here. Exciting stuff with, with the return yeah. of Kenny Omega. Any other thoughts on this soda before we move on? No, to uh, uh, there is a spot that I want to highlight, but I will talk about it in a little bit. Okay, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, we did start Rampage off with uh, Claudio promo, uh, where he talks about being ROH champion and then issues an open challenge for next week, which is answered by the natural Dustin Rhodes. Which, Who man, I'm looking, yeah, and looking forward to them wrestling in AEW because we've seen them face off numerous times yeah. before in WWE. At that, of course, it was Cesaro versus Goldust. Dust. But with, with, uh, seeing with, like their strengths. Yeah, and so seeing. ROH champion Claudio against the natural Dustin Rhodes yeah. here, I think, is going to be a really fucking cool match to watch. So. Yeah, when when Dustin Rhodes came out, you're like, all right, and then he cuts his promo, and you're like, yeah. okay, I want this now. Like, give it to me. Like, it's the match Dustin, I didn't know it wanted, and now I I want more than anything. Yeah. I've always loved Dustin Rhodes, but ever since he's been in AEW and playing that mentorship role, and then just listening to him talk, I've gone and gained a lot more respect for the guy, and I'm looking yes. forward to this match. Definitely. Um, we also had a backstage segment with Ruby Soho and Ortiz. Yeah. Ortiz all fired up as, as always. I wish I had the clip for you, but he's, he's his usual passionate self here. Um, this is gonna this is gonna be a meme, guys. Like we gotta turn this uh, this Ortiz uh, Ruby Soho yeah, promo into a meme. It's, it's pretty 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 great. Uh, I won't spoil it for people that haven't seen it. Um, but then we also had swerving our glory in uh, again this. It feels like the main tag titles are being an afterthought if they're just being thrown in the middle of Rampage like this. Um, but again, more title matches on Rampage better to make these shows not feel as much like the B show. Yeah. Uh, this show this week I thought was like kind of in the middle of an A and B. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, this match was very good with Private Party here taking on Swerve in Our Glory and, of course, Swerve in Our Glory getting the, the, the win. Yeah. But it was a pretty good match. And, and of course, Keith Lee throwing around Private Party like they were his own personal chew toy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We also had a, a very weird Powerhouse Hobbs backstage thing where he flips over the table, and it looks like I guess he's uh, I don't know what's going on with him and QT Marshall. But this was a weird, uh, a weird little segment. Yeah. And 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 even weirder, we had this Zach Clayton angle, which I thought was easily the worst thing on AEW TV in a while. Last week, but it didn't matter. All of that for nothing. He just fucking gets murdered by Hook in like yeah. less than twenty seconds. So Which there we the go. Way. That's what I wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to go. Uh, definitely a, a rampage type of thing there, but uh, you know, I, I think uh, we've gotten set up. Angelo or Cool Hand Ange, whatever you want to call him, from Jericho Appreciation Society, yeah. taking on Hook That'd for the fun. MPW title. That'd that could be, be a really that's going to be a fun match. I, I think. Yeah, I think. I think. Uh, I think he can guide Hook to a decent match. Yeah. So, um, looking forward to potentially seeing that match because uh, this re- report here from Wrestling Observer that I'm reading uh, makes a good point that uh, we need to see. We need to start seeing some longer Hook matches because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. this guy's super over and he got over just like squashing everybody. Yeah, but I, you know. Not- and the squash matches are fun, but I think we do need to start seeing some actual wrestling matches. Yeah, now's the where- time. Yeah, where he doesn't—he doesn't have this offense. I mean, he can still win the match decisively, but we need to start seeing yeah. him give some guys sell a little, a little bit, you know, like, yeah. look a little bit stronger, sort of thing. You know, like actually have a a, a match. <laughs> yeah, I love this comment here from Adelia. Mister J Wow losing that so quickly. Yeah, he is Mister J Wow. Mister J Wow, yeah. Wondering. Um, 
But uh, we then had, which was, I thought, hilarious, announced as a standby match. Yeah. Um, because the hook match went so short, we have another match here that's a standby match. And it was, again, a very quick victory for the House of Black. Buddy Matthews absolutely obliterating Serpentico here. Um, so it was like, okay, two squash matches instead there of one. There was a shot that on ups and downs <laughs> for Rampage that Simon Miller had when he was talking about the snatch where it was Buddy Matthews crouched in the corner and and, and spotlight, and he had Julia Hart behind him. That was a pretty badass image. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Look, I, I really like what they're doing with Julia Hart with the, mm-hmm. the House of Black. They actually made like what was just a – cute like cheerleader into this really like intimidating sort it of sounds like, it sounds like they've really taken her, her under her wing i read an article today where uh where they interviewed her and asked her about it she says basically it's like malachi black's my mentor because you know he's keeping me under the yeah. tree brody king is like, yeah baby brody king is like my dad he's always making sure i'm doing okay i need anything you know looking out for me and then buddy matthews uncle is brody. Like my brother yeah. be, or uncle or brother because he's always trying to you yeah. know have a little bit of fun joking around and some of that i'm like well that's pretty cool that they're taking her under her wing and yeah, that sounds They're, like a, a a good dynamic that they have yeah. there. I'm I'm really I really like seeing it, and she's been like definitely improving. I mean, she's still mm-hmm. really green. She's also like 20 years old or something. Right, so but her it, her it promo makes, last week with Miro I thought was pretty good. She didn't say a lot, but I thought mm-hmm. she left the mark. Yep, and yeah. she's been like as I said, slowly improving in the ring, wrestling mm-hmm. a lot of matches on dark, which is what they need to be doing with her. Just which is what that show, those shows are for. That's what that show is for. I yeah. know people complain about that show all the time, but that's what it's for is to give these green workers some more experience and just it's wrestle like, a match like that's on the pre-show for Dynamite. You know, yeah, that's what it's it. like old. It's it's like their WWE. It's like AEW's version of Jack. AEW's version of Velocity. AEW's version of WCW Main Event. WCW Saturday Night. Like the, the, right. there's always been these fucking shows. Now it's yeah. just a new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I agree with you there on that one. Um, but uh, the other talking point thing I, I think here is Miro, because uh, it, it seems like he's now he's not going to join the House of Black, but he's no. more so going to feud with them. And so in it, what capacity that goes? Do you think maybe, we're going to get Lana? We might. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't know. I, as I said, it well, feels really like that she's been saying some stuff on on social media that they've been wondering, that, like a one off. I think uh, it, it's funny because I, I do kind of maybe agree with Brian where he was saying, Brian Alvarez where he was saying that, like, it seems like Miro's been, like, writing her and referencing her into the promos to be like, come on, Tony, like, let's, yeah. can you sign my wife as well? And but, I don't know, I, maybe. I could just see it being for the short program. Like, go on yeah. off. Yeah. yeah, why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah. She doesn't have to be his permanent manager. Right. She can she come in for. Bring her in when you need her. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do think that. Uh, I think what's been rumored is that they're going to have Darby, Sting, and Miro take on House of Black at the pay-per-view. That's the, the rumored match, so that, that would be pretty, that's that's like a pretty good one. Maybe off. so. Maybe so. Faces off with Julia Hart. Yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can see that happening. But um, we also had, uh, moving on here, we had uh, a, a brief promo with Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and, and Rebel, where she's like shoving her off and doing the interview herself and again it's it's weird that like i don't know that Britt baker still seems like one of the most over things in in the women's division it feels like they're barely using her and yeah and they've been building her and and jamie haters a program forever and they still haven't pulled the trigger on it so it's like what? yeah i don't know what they're waiting for i just, I, I don't know it's, it's yeah, kind of know. odd um but we also had athena 
taking on Penelope Ford, uh, who we haven't seen in a while. She she was on on Dark wrestled the match there, mm-hmm. but I think she she had been out hurt for for a bit. So uh, she's back and and uh, wrestling what I thought was a pretty good little women's yep. match. You know, for all the criticisms hey. we have, there's still some really good matches in the women's division, and I thought this was one of them for sure. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Athena, that's a good matchup here with Athena and Penelope Ford, and, and a good better, way to set up. I've ever seen the way the way that Penelope Ford sold it. She just fluid motion gave like yes. a stabber that went right with it. It was awesome. Oh man, yeah, I wish I had that clip to play yeah. too. I'm, I'm unprepared with my clips here. Guys, it, it was pretty damn smooth. But yeah, smooth. the the what she used to call the eclipse. I don't know what the new name. Yeah, is I don't know what it's. I don't. I haven't heard a name for it. That's just why I call it the eclipse. Yeah, it looks like a top rope stunner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and but the way that she sold it, well, yeah, it was was awesome. Like, yeah. just bounced like boing, yeah. like ab- absolutely. So uh, sets up what probably will be a match on pay per view where the baddies attack after the match, and then Jade Cargill comes out and destroys Athena's what they were putting over is like something yeah. that she built and took like handcrafted, spent hours building this like cool like wing uh, Swiss Army knife thing that she wears yeah. to the ring, but. Gets absolutely destroyed here by Jade Cargill and with a sledgehammer, yeah, which of course the internet went, "Oh, it's a Triple H reference." It's like, dude, no, <laughs> come on, come on. Not every sledgehammer spot is a Triple H reference, yeah. everybody. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know, because like I feel like with Statlander out, I mean, she's she's gonna be out for a while again, and it yeah, did feel just, like she sucks. was the one they were they were building up to beat Jade at <laughs> all out. So my question is like. I don't know if Athena is the one to beat Jade here. I mean, she she might be. She might just be filling that spot. Yeah. But I almost feel like they there's more. To, they could do more to Jade and get her to like fifty and zero and do this big run with her and just wait for Statlander to come back. Yeah, but then you know maybe you run out of challengers and maybe the program gets stale and everybody gets mm-hmm. sick of her as champ. I don't know. People are very fickle with this whole women's division with the whole Jade Cargill thing. So yeah, I'm not really sure what they're gonna do, but. I don't know. What do you think, sir? It also doesn't help that this storyline hasn't really it hasn't really made sense. Yeah. The way that it's the way that it's been booked has been very weird. Like this this angle, I was like, okay, this makes more sense. Where the 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 baby face can't do anything and their their heels are breaking and shit and everything. But there's been some weird matches where like the uh whoever Kira Hogan or whoever had a match and then they the baby face attacks after the match and has the beat down and Jade has to come up for save and like the the way that the feud has been built yeah, has been very very weird. Is it just it's just odd. So um, yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. I, I don't know if Athena's the one to beat Jade Cargill here, but um, it definitely is going to be the match at All Out. So um, definitely that there. But then we had our main event uh, as part of the trios tournament, which I think I feel like the next several main events of both Dynamite and Rampage leading up yeah. to. Uh, all out will be these trios tournament uh, matches, and this match, you know, for for what it was, people were I think kind of annoyed that the Trustbusters were in here against the best friends and not some other team because we've had plenty of trios and this team kind of just feels a little thrown together with Parker yeah. Bur- the new Brock Lesnar with Parker Boudreaux coming in here. Um, but I think that you know under promise over deliver a little bit here because I thought this match was a hell of a fun time and a the really really great. What's that? Finishing the way the, the the finishing move was it was it the finishing move where um, Orange climbed up the two guys and then did the splash that was the finisher finish of the match right yes yeah yeah very innovative I thought that was great yeah yeah that that was really great and uh, I I thought it was a, a hell of a fun way to cap yeah. off 
rampage. Um, and, and shout out to Jim Ross, you know, love it, showing the love to Jane. <laughs> to be yes. that. Yeah. That, I love that, that song. Banger it's, tune. it's so great. It's so perfect yeah. for, what's, for sad, what's sad is I, for the longest time, had no idea it was Jefferson Starship. There's Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> Whatever which one it was. And it was funny because Jefferson Starship, that, that song, Jane, that's on that album, that's like the one of two albums that they had without Grace Slick. And then Grace Slick rejoined the band that rejoined Jefferson Starship after That's your not Grace Slick so that's singing. Not that? Grace Slick. That is not Grace Slick singing on Gene. Look you it up everyone. <laughs> I thought for sure that was her. <laughs> nope. It's the from the one album when they didn't have uh, when they didn't have Grace Slick in the band. They had this other guy. Guy, it's not a not a lady, it's a guy singing on this. Wow. Um, Fooled me, man. Yeah, here, I'm gonna look it up real quick. But yeah, definitely yeah. it's somebody that they got to sound uh, yeah, Mickey Thomas. Right. It's Mickey Jeff Thomas, everybody. Never. Exactly. Mickey Thomas. Yeah. Who's Mickey I, Thomas? That's right. It went from Jefferson Airplane <laughs> to Jefferson Starship to Starship. Yes, that's correct. And for those yeah. wondering, yes, this is the same band who, who released We Built This City. <laughs> it's <Right>. the same group. <laughs> very, very interesting yeah. history there with that with those bands. Yeah, it from goes from band. White Rabbit and Somebody to Love to Jane to We Built right. This City. City. <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah yeah uh it's like journey i was talking about that recently too they started as like a like a jam band offshoot of the carlos yeah. santana band yeah. um before uh before perry came along and then you know you got the journey that y'all know with don't stop believing and everything but they were just the, they listened to like the first journey album it's like drastically different than everything I, yeah I listened to journey, the track like, here and there. It's yeah really, it's really good weird. shit it's really weird it, but it's yeah. really cool it, yeah once um, steve perry joined they became the band and i, I was listening to it they got a song called remember me that was on the armageddon soundtrack and i popped on at work and it's like wow the, that guy who did replace steve perry really does sound like steve perry especially on that track yes he does yeah. um but there you go there's our music talk portion of blokes of wrestling yeah yep Hope you enjoyed it. But uh, we'll do our ratings here. I'm going to give both of these shows greatest episodes ever review. I thought they were solid enough. I think that Rampage, if we were allowed to get our thumbs uh, not ripped off and yeah. do that rating, I'd probably give it a, a little bit more there. So I guess then it's technically worst Rampage ever, isn't it? If I yeah, it would be. I, I was kind of saying it was between A and B. Um, so I guess if it's not an A, it gets worst Rampage ever there, yeah. everybody. But I think Dynamite was a fucking awesome show. So I would give yeah. Dynamite the uh, greatest Dynamite. Same ratings for me. What about you? Same ratings yeah. for me. Yeah. Dynamite was, was, it was over-delivered over in some moments. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh didn't over-deliver in the ratings as much. It only I think yeah. people thought the ratings was going to be a little bit more higher. Uh, it was like a 957,000. People were thinking maybe it was really maybe even break a million when you had like Punk and, and uh, Moxley and everything on it. But next week with Punk and Moxley as the main event, I think that's the show to break yeah. a million. I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't, if it does like more upper 900,000. But I think with everything, like, this show's got to be yeah. the one that cracks the million and would help for them moving forward with the TV deal. Former WWE guys who never faced off each other in a singles match in WWE. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But uh, let's move on to our, our match and moment of the week, everybody. Before we do that, I'm going to give you another update. Last week we had this graphic on the screen with uh, Osprey uh, on the Dave Meltzer Wrestlers and Fivermore star matches list just under Kawada. But after the G1 finals, we can have yet another update to this list. Look at this, everybody. Okada Osprey getting five and three-quarter star 
rating from Dave Meltzer, who apparently had some people complain that that was too low, which is fucking hilarious because it's like, come on, that's like that's him breaking his scale, which is yeah, silly no in, in its own way. But um, Will Osprey now has tied the legendary Kawada at 21 matches at five or more stars. And, of course, Okada moves up the list as well, tying the other legend, Kenta Kobashi, on this list. So I think when all is said and done, Soda, we will see both Okada and Osprey surpass Mitsuharu Misawa on this yeah. list and potentially even Kenny Omega as well, considering those guys in yellow there uh, are still active and have, I think, plenty it's like, more years it's left. It's like reliving Sosa McGuire in a way. A little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, minus the steroids. Yeah, minus the steroids, that's true. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that, that's a good segue to our match and moment of the week, which I, I there's absolutely no way in hell you couldn't get me to give my match of the week to Will Ospreay versus Kazuchika Okada, the G1 Finals. It's not only my match of the week, it's probably my match of the year. It's between this and Briscoe's versus FTR, the, their first match. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, it's so tough to say because the matches are so different. Like, which one would be my number one? But it's like 1A, 1B right now between those two matches because this match was absolutely fucking incredible. Uh, I know, Sony, you probably have a different match because you haven't watched this match yet, uh, but it's easily my match yeah. of the week, and it's number one or number two on my matches of the year list so far. So my match of the week is, I've, I actually talked about it while you were, you were experiencing technical difficulties, uh, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, and Rock. I heard that was really good. That, yeah. Then, Dude, the promo, you have to check on that promo too because they just left it all out of the table. Like, Drew was, Drew, like, Kevin Owens was saying, like, it's been, you know, five years since I've held a title. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not the guy that comes in and just to do my job. And Drew's like, don't give me that bullshit. I was said I was the chosen one. I got fired. I had to prove myself. And then the company called me. And it was like, holy shit. I heard guys. about that. And it's, it's a great promo. Banger. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, for for moment of the week, I think uh, for reasons that you may not expect it to be moment of the week, I got to give the CM Punk promo where he calls out Hangman Page and goes into prison for himself. And this the whole ensuing brawl with Moxley yeah. and everything. That's uh, that's going to be my moment of the week. But, for uh, me, it's it's, uh, it's the Dragon Lee dive from the main event. What on nice. the we were like, oh my god, he just killed him. <laughs> like that's a I've good one. never seen somebody do that. Like that looked like it hurt. Yeah. <laughs> that was impressive. <laughs> uh, some, some craziness yeah. for sure. It has been a fucking insane week yeah. for pro wrestling. This was like maybe if we do our, our if we have matching moment of the week, but we also have week wrestling week of the year. I think this week gets week of the year because there was just there. so much so yeah. much stuff happening, but. Um, any other final thoughts or, or anything to plug before we get out of here today? So uh, we actually we managed to do the show in like a, you know in our usual time. I thought we were never going to go like an hour and a half today. Yeah. There's so much to talk about, but uh, we did pretty good. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, you know I'm looking forward to what's going to happen with the AEW World Championship next week. If it's going to be definitive or if it's going to be a schmoz finish. So yeah, I agree. This week's Dynamite is a big one. Yeah. It's a really really big episode to yeah, watch. It's a must watch. Yeah, in, in Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. Guys, don't, don't go out and, like, you know, have enjoy the weather or the remaining warm months of the summer. Don't. Like, so you have to reserve 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday to watch this fucking show because, like, come on, guys. Okay. We got to get this rating up. We got to get AEW their next TV rating. Every little view helps. So watch Dynamite this week live. 
on TBS. I, I feel like I'm being paid by AEW. Thank God it's the main event because normally they book like the matches I want to watch. They always go on first, and I start. I end work at five, which is when Dynamite yeah. starts. Yeah. Like luckily I'm like right there, but still, it's like I always miss the first five minutes. They have already. They've confirmed that this will be the main event in the. I'm the praying to God. Thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's a definitely one that. Oh, look, we're kicking off the show with it to bring in the big ring, but. Uh, but I, 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 I kind of with you. I feel like it will be the main event, especially if there's going to be some big angle at the end, or maybe it goes to a draw, like a TV time limit draw or something. Like, yeah. we'll see. It's, it's going to be a big one. Show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Rob says it doesn't help that you're Canadian, or it doesn't help if you're Canadian there. there so. That's true. <laughs> As you guys would know. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it uh, for us here today, everybody. Uh, you can find Soda at his social medias. You can find me. At my social medias, uh, stand by for some news on any given Shmo day. Uh, we're not doing an episode tomorrow. Um, I'll have an announcement about that uh, later on in the week. But uh, we will definitely be back next week for another episode of Blokes of Wrestling at the usual time. Uh, so thanks, y'all, for tuning in. If this is your first time watching the channel, make sure to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. Uh, we'd really, really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I'm sure that it's going to be one of those weeks where there's nothing to talk about next week, and then all the breaking news happens Saturday yeah. at uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. So um, <laughs> looking forward to that and uh, and all the other crazy stuff happening in pro wrestling world. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back again next week. And uh, if you're watching on replay, we really, really appreciate it because you guys have been uh, really, really helping drive those numbers up. Uh, we get a lot of people watching on the replay. So really, really appreciate that. Uh, we have the live chat going, so if you, if you – uh, weren't watching live today and you want to post a comment, just let us know uh, your thoughts on all this stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely do that as well. But uh, Soda, thanks for joining me as always, and uh, we'll see you all next week.